Father God, we praise you and thank you for your love, for your constant presence in our lives. And as you went ahead in and, and through John and sent him about sharing the good news that was to come in Jesus Christ, we praise and thank you for the good news of Jesus that's come to us, that's washed us clean, called us your own, and now you have sent us with your spirit, Jesus. May you open our hearts and our minds. Holy Spirit, may you come in as, as we hear your word, Lord, that you would continue to walk with us and lead us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I got a question for you this morning. I need you to ponder just for a moment. And here is the question. I want you to think about one of your best memories. One of the best memories you have. I want you to kind of put your, your mental finger on it and hold that for a moment. And I want to ask you a second question. You got the first one? One of your best memories. Next question, kind of put your mental finger on this one. What is one of your hope-filled expectations? Hope-filled expectations coming in the future. You got that? Hope-filled expectation. Now, I've got a question for you, a little participation here. I need to see this. It's a little bit of an experiment. So the first question about something in the past, right, one of your best memories in the past, I want you to raise your hand if and only if that memory has people involved in it. Ready, set, go. Okay. All right. Second question I got asked you is about a, a hope-filled expectation. Raise your hand if it has people involved in it. Not surprising, is it? For those of you in the front, like almost everybody had their hand raised, yeah? Yeah. We are created for connection. From the very get-go, right? God Created, God made us for connection and connection with other humans, right? He said, it's not good for man to be alone, Genesis 2. And so God made a helper suitable and fit for him. And, and so often that passage is talked about in the context of marriage, but before you even marriage even comes about, it's just simply the context of God not making one, but God making what? Two. Because God created us simply for connection. And of course, the best way to think about connection is this wonderful, beautiful mess, right? We talk about celebrate, cultivate, and connect. That's our missional map as believers here at Resurrection, that we are celebrating what God has done, what God has called us to do, who God has made us to be, and we get to celebrate in that. And we get to cultivate relationships, and we get to connect those relationships and connect people to the one we celebrate, Jesus Christ. And uh, in my household, uh, Legos have a very powerful effect because they don't only have built-in connection themselves, yeah, but they cause people to what? Connect. Now, sometimes those connections are civil, and other times they are less than civil, James asked me this morning, I noticed you didn't bring in a creation. I said, yes, 
I did not bring in a creation because I want my house to be civil this afternoon. Daddy, why did you bring my Lego creation and break it at church this morning? And I said, ha, I'm just not going to bring it. We're just going to bring the beautiful, wonderful mess. What, for those of you who remember, what made Legos so different from other building blocks? I mean, I've got some of those older building blocks, right? Just a wood block, you can stack them. You can build pyramids, but the distinguishing feature, the power of a Lego is that every single one of them has the ability to what? To connect. And every one of these Legos, they're unique. They're different colors, they're different shapes, they're different sizes, they have different functions. But every single one of them can connect. And they can look like an incredible mess that can cause all sorts of harm to any parent who is walking through their house without their shoes on, yeah? Right? When they're stacked like this, it's actually not that bad. It's like walking over hot coals. You can actually do it, right? But if you step on just the wrong one, it's just, it hurts, right? It's kind of like people, isn't it? Sometimes you get hurt. And what's meant for a good function, all of a sudden, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But first, God made us, right, to connect. And we see a lot of connection between Legos and humanity and what God has done and what God has called us to do. What we know is this, is that when we are connected, we do a whole lot better, yeah? And Legos like this seem like an absolute disaster to some and an absolute incredible opportunity to others. But they're meant and they're better when they're connected. And if each one of these Legos represents a a different human being, we see that we're all, what, created differently. Different shapes, different sizes, different functions. Not all have the same capacity, but they all have a different role and function. Pretty basic, yeah? But we know this, that it all works better when they're connected, and we can make incredible, cool things, right? You can have Lego stores and all these incredible images you've seen of people building. And it got me to thinking, instead of actually building and bringing one, because that means it would break, I brought uh, Lego City. So I'm just going to put Lego City up here. Because it kind of reminds me, maybe it's going to balance. Maybe. We're going to make the microphone do something it usually doesn't do. Here we go. See, even the microphone has multiple functions. It never knew that was its responsibility. See, it's got a lot of power in it. It can do things so much greater, but right now it's playing the role of what? Servant. Yeah? Thinking about cities and thinking about us here at Resurrection, we talk about celebrating and cultivating and connecting, and we we talk about the fact that we can do more together. 
we can do a whole lot more when we're connected and utilizing our unique gifts and our unique relationships, our unique networks in order to connect people to Jesus, connect people to one another. And so it really starts for me to ask the question, uh, how or what is God calling me to do? How is God calling me as a two-ended little piece? I mean, I don't look anything like that one, but at least I'm multidimensional instead of like just two-dimensional. How has God uniquely made me to connect with other people? Because God loves us to connect. Not only did God create us to connect, and not only when we connect, we can do things better, but God himself loves when we can connect. Hence why he made Adam and Eve, he made two, not just one. Or how about even before that, that God himself is a God of connection, three persons in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Utilizing, loving, caring, community, cultivating relationship, and connecting creation to himself. So it goes from the very being of God to the very creation of God. And then you start to consider that God brought this all together uh, in his people, the chosen people of Israel, and he connects them. And he desires that they as a people would connect and be a light unto the world. And then a whole lot of junk happened, didn't it? Sometimes they did that well, and most of the time it did not go well. As the book of Judges said, then they did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and then the Lord restored them. Then they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Then the Lord restored them. Then they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Then the Lord restored them. Then they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. <sighs> and so God sends his one, his only son. He departs from heaven, and he comes down in the flesh to John the Baptist was going around and sharing and saying, come. You can be restored, and you can be forgiven. And Jesus calls to his disciples. He's absolutely turning upside down the way the relationship of a disciple and a rabbi would go. Uh, disciples would go ask for a rabbi to be their rabbi. Instead, Jesus flips it on his head, and Jesus goes and says, come. Come. And isn't that just the way of Jesus? He flips everything upside down, and it's so much more creative. And, and thinking about that connection that God loves when we connect, he loves it so much, right? He, he creates through his son, Jesus, the church. And in Ephesians chapter 2, he says it this way. So then you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with saints and members of the household that God built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, those who've gone before you. You're still connected to them. Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him, you also are being built together. You are being, 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 being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. And so God built us for connection. We're better when we're connected together. We can do a whole lot more together when we're connected. And God loves when we connect because God knows that's the way it's supposed to go. How are you 
on the level of connection. Are you, are you feeling connected with the body of believers here? Are you feeling maybe a little disconnected? Are you feeling connected with your family? Or are you feeling a little bit lost or connected? Maybe with your spouse. You're just not connecting. What about your neighbors? As we celebrate Christ, we celebrate and we cultivate, but are we connecting with those in our workplace? On what level are we connecting with them? See, here is something that Legos teach us, that each and every one of them are unique, but each and every one of them are built to what? Connect with another. This idea of lostness or living life in isolation or just going about my little thing as if that is better, it's not better. It's a lie our culture tells us. It's a, it's, a, it's a result of all sorts of things, but God desires that we would use our gifts, that we be honed by one another, and together we make things so much better. So if you would, I, I want to dive into this reality of how, how can I get more connected with those in my life? So what I need you to do is pull out uh, the Bible that's in front of you or your phone, and I want you to go to uh, the reading that we had early in the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 40. Psalm 40. And we're going to jump in at verse 5. And as you guys turn there, it's this reminder of what God has called us to do. And we talk about this here at Resurrection. We talk about this in our, our church planning uh, Network, uh, the Harvest Partnership, that God desires and God calls us to connect the disconnected. We're seeking to connect those who are disconnected from Jesus, his church, and his kingdom work. And on, that's on a continuum. Different people are connected with Jesus or connected with his church. Or even if you're connected with Jesus in his church, you're maybe connected or disconnected with the kingdom calling God's laid on you. Because as we talk about, we are sent ones. We're beloved, but we're also sent in order to what? Make connections. I mean, just I, in your creative brain, what if someone who was skilled or unskilled was able to connect every one of these pieces? I mean, what, what could they make? And what seemingly seems absolutely disconnected, like what are any of these alike? They're scattered. Some of them are lost. Some of them are on the outskirts. But what would it be if, if God sends some out and says, no, you have something to offer to come back into the fold of humanity? Are you being called to that? Verse 5 says this, you have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds, your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. Let's read that again. Read it with me this time. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. How we feel about our lives dramatically and significantly depends on how we look at the past 
and therefore look at the future. And I'm bringing this up about the way that we perceive our past and the way we look at the future dramatically changes the today. And this is so important about how God uses you to connect with others. Almost every one of you said that that memory in the past had to do with people. And the future expectation has to do with people. And for some people, the past, it's dominated by memories. Memories uh, that are full of disappointment. Memories that are full of regret. Memories that have to do uh, with really challenging times. And even though there were happy moments in the past, things that you would celebrate in the past, it's almost like the past just reminds you of hope deferred. Opportunities squandered. Relationships that are broken. Or some resolutions that you've just abandoned. When you look on the past, what is your attitude just in general towards it? What color would you associate with it? Bright yellow, blaze orange? Or gray, dingy, miry brown? Black. Maybe for you, the past is just a catalog of your sins and your regrets. But what about the future? When you start to think about the future, how many things do you see? How far into the future do you see? Weeks or months, or do you see that really just the future isn't going to offer a whole lot of change? Is it something you look forward to, or is it something you just kind of dredge? Or is it more of this, the same old, spread out, disconnected reality? Perhaps we would not quite call ourselves cynical, but when we consider the days ahead, we might not call it very expectant either. Would you consider your view of the future kind of cynical, not expectant, or vibrant? And based on which one of those three you chose, maybe you choose a different depictor, how much is your past memories influencing that? And here, I believe, is a great hope. And we hear it in Psalm 40. We hear it from the man who wrote this, David. David, who, I'll tell you, has a darker past than you do. Oh, I'm sure, and if not, then we can, you know, go through a private counseling session. We can have that debate. But I'm going to bet 99% of you, he's got a darker past than you. And he says, you have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you, and I'm going to proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. See, God's word, I think, provides a different interpretation than the one we naturally move to. 
God, God's word promotes and lays out that those who follow Christ, those who are connected to Christ, can look at their past in a way different than what they naturally are inclined to do and can look forward with great expectation of what God's going to do. Because I can look at my past and though there might be darkness, disconnection, lostness, regret, failure, abandonment, you keep filling it in. What I know is that my God, he loved you enough to come grab you gently. Invite you in and say, child, you're forgiven. Child, you're worthy. Child, I know your name. And I can look at the past and, and like Joseph, whose brothers betrayed him, he can say at the end of, it's written in, in Genesis 50, what you meant for evil, finish it, God used for good. And I bet, and I know 99% of you don't have a life that's as dark and full of tribulation as Joseph's was, being sold into slavery. False accusations, thrown in prison, betrayed by his own brothers, by his own blood. Well, God, what your enemy meant for evil, God's going to use for good. How do you look on your past? And maybe the encouragement this morning is that God is seeking and your Holy Spirit's calling you to lay that layer of Christ, Christ crucified, Christ risen, Christ's promise of restoration on those memories. So that, A, they can, what was meant for evil or what happened as a result of the fall of this earth and the destruction of this, God can use you in the present because that's where most of humanity is. But if you can see where God has used that for good or how God is restoring that, even, I'm not saying that you're already there. I'm saying that God is working on there's a hope that changes the today and how you as a follower of Jesus who are sent can connect those who are disconnected from Christ, his church, and his mission. So much of the work of sharing Jesus today starts with ourselves. And a reflection, not of ourselves, but of ourselves through Christ and what the way that God sees us, the way that our Savior sees us, the way that our Restorer sees us. And I pray that you would start to see and do the work of letting your life be infused with God's word and what he has to say about you instead of listening to the lies of yourself or your enemies. Because as we see ourselves in Christ, we have a hope-filled, glorious expectation in the future. And we have so much to offer our neighbors and our co-workers and 
whoever we come in contact with. Because if you were to describe our culture right now, would you describe it like this? Or let's pretend the Lego city is actually built. I'd describe it like that. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your work so that no one can boast, right? It's a free gift of God. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. He's prepared these things in advance for everyone else to do. Yeah? No, that's not how it reads, is it? I'm God's workmanship. What a great gift that is. In advance, God's done it, but he's created me to what? To do it. Brothers and sisters, how is God calling you? Because of his connection with you, how is he changing the way you see your past so that you can be hope-filled and joyous in the way that he's going to help you to help Rebuild our city, rebuild your community, rebuild your neighborhood, reconnect people. Brothers and sisters, we are seeing it happen here at Resurrection in the the most unique of ways. I'll share just one. I'm super excited about this. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's doing, but part of what we get to do is celebrate what God's doing in the midst of things, even if we don't know the end result. So there, you may or may not know, an apartment complex that shares property with us. Raise your hand if you know that. See, raise your hand high if you know that. See, there is an apartment. News, news, news alert. Woo, extra, extra, read all about it. There's a huge apartment. I don't even know if apartments, condos, whatever they are, that share an adjacent property with us. Tons of families. Wow. So you should know that. Don't worry, they don't know about you really either. Except there's this one family who attends Resurrection who lives there. And guess what? The manager of the facility? That manager's children or child is in that person's classroom. What? Huh. That's just a coincidence, isn't it? You think? I don't think so. So, brothers and sisters, I mean, what is God calling us as a family of faith? to connect with our neighborhood, your neighbors, literally, our neighbors. I'll know. Let's pray about it, right? Who's the person in the cubicle next to you? I don't know. What, how is God calling those who are seemingly disconnected from one another to be connected with Christ? Let's pray. Father God, we praise you and thank you. We praise and thank you, most of all, Lord, that you have forgiven us, that you've restored us, that you have called us your own, that we are washed, clean, sanctified, and called your children. Lord, you've created each and every one of us to be connected with people. Christ, I pray that you would redeem and restore memories, even those that are painful and sorrowful. Lord, that what the enemy would seek to do and use them for evil, Lord, that you would use them for restoration and good for the glory of the kingdom of God. God, may you instill in each and every one of us a passion and a desire to know, Holy Spirit, that you've called us 
your own, Lord, and that you have gone ahead of us, preparing and using us, that we would not sit um, on our loins, but, Lord, that we would step up and connect the disconnected to Jesus, his church, and his kingdom calling. Lord God, we know that you do far more than we could ever ask or imagine in the world and in our own lives. May you redeem it. May we sing praises to you and give you all the thanksgiving in advance of what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand and sing. This is the connecting creed. It shows us the God, the Father, the Son, and Spirit connected, and certainly that underlying sending, but the underlying connecting us to him, to the Lord. Let's profess our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. As our service continues, we do so with the offering. And uh, just a quick reflection as Pastor Ted was talking today. What a powerful piece that he used, or pieces. 
now it's a mess. Um, in connection, it, it just has been overwhelming to me two things in the last month. One is certainly dealing with the, uh, the aspect of the emotion for all of us with the funerals, but equally so has been where, when your eyes are open, that God is connecting people who are far away, and in our lives we continue to have seen uh, person after person, opportunity after opportunity, uh, and not to turn a blind eye, uh, to disconnect, but to be, be there as God's connection. Uh, what a powerful tool that is for us as we continue to hear and respond to God's word. As we also then give together, we celebrate together, we sing together, we also hear and are reminded that great is the Lord as Bruce and James sing. holy and just by his power we trust in his love great is the lord he is faithful and true by his mercy he proves his love great is the lord and worthy of glory great is the lord and worthy of praise great is the lord now lift up your voice now lift up your voice See? 